Welcome to the third and final episode of the special edition takeover series of On Aeon, a podcast featuring conversations between colleagues on, well, Aeon. In this three-part takeover series, we'll hear from Aeon colleagues on how economic challenges are impacting all solutions, clients, and colleagues. This week, we hear from Brooke Green, Jennifer Bratcher, and Kim Hurst about the challenges that HR leaders are facing given increased economic volatility. And now, this week's host, Charles Philpot. Hi, listeners. It's me again, Charles Philpot, president of Aeon's U.S. region, If you listened to our last podcast, you know a bit about me. And for those who are joining us, I've held this position for one exciting year, and I've been with Aon since 1997. As we heard on our last On Aon episode, we're continuing to review the impact of unprecedented inflation and the likely prospect of a recession in 2023. So now we're taking a step back to focus on how these economic issues are impacting employers, the investments they're making in their people, and the challenges they're facing as they manage these investments. As the last episode in a three-part series, what we're calling an On Aon Takeover, I am thrilled to be joined by Brooke Green, Head of Human Capital Solutions, North America, Kim Hurst, Large Market Segment Leader for Health Solutions, and Jennifer Brasher, Head of U.S. Retirement, as we focus on the very specific challenges HR leaders are facing given increased economic volatility. So thanks for being here, Brooke. Kim and Jennifer. Thanks, Charles, for having me. The timing on this topic just couldn't be better. So much is happening in the economy and also in the legal environment that have got our clients concerned. So I'm really glad we're all talking today. Thank you, Charles. It's an honor to be here. This is such an important and really interconnected topic that we're talking about today. You just can't separate the um, spend on total compensation and the impact it has on healthcare. I look forward to the discussion and then talking about those intricacies in more detail. Thank you also, Charles. I'm really glad to be here with our On AM listeners today. These are critical times for retirement programs and decisions that employers make now will help shape the outcomes for employees for many, many years to come. Well, I'm, I'm always uh, thrilled to be uh, with all three of you. I know that uh, our most complicated uh, problems can be solved with this team. So why don't we just go ahead and uh, jump right into the questions. And, uh, you know, Brooke, I want to direct this one at you. Uh, so if we step back and we think about the first two episodes of this series, we spoke a lot about specific challenges organizations are facing, given increased economic volatility as well as the impact it has on risk managers. So today, really what I want to do is dive into how HR leaders are thinking about this. So, Brooke, uh, what are some of the main challenges that today's economy has been causing for HR leaders? Well, the financials, I think, are probably the biggest challenge. I mean, HR leaders have been through the ringer. It's just been a very difficult couple of years on so many fronts with well-being and turnover. But but I do think going into 2023, the financials of total rewards are going to be the biggest challenge. And Charles, what we know from previous recessions is that companies start to take a look at what and who they're spending money on and whether they can start to shift some of that focus to non-cash elements of total rewards. Um, The other thing I think is when, when funds are limited, the key is really being able to extract employee value anywhere you can get it. And a growing number of companies are actually asking their employees what it is they value before they make any sweeping changes, which seems so logical, but it's not, it's not always done. Um, 
And and then the other thing I think is, you know, we we can probably expect to see some companies downsizing or restructuring, but part apart from right now, a handful of companies doing layoffs, what we're really seeing is is HR leaders and and companies slowing things down. So for example, we do a, a practices survey. Um, and in May, 40% of companies were aggressively hiring. And in September, only 25% were aggressively fi- hiring. So I think you're, you're seeing a pivot from this aggressive, you know, sort of feeding frenzy in the market to a real focus on retaining the most important people and, and sort of doubling down on retention. And then finally, pay transparency laws are a huge challenge for HR leaders right now. We could talk about that later. No, and, and thanks for that. Um, and it just seems like it's uh, happening so quickly too. Uh, and so that pivot, it's a, it's a quick pivot. And so maybe uh, going over to you, Kim, I'm, I'm curious to hear about your perspective uh, about the uh, unexpected impact or the ripple effects, especially in the large market uh, that you know so well. Yeah, thanks, Charles. You know, our largest clients have already started planning for 2024, which is kind of uh, jarring as we're many are in open enrollment for the the 2023 year. One of the things that we are talking a lot of cl- to clients about is fact that for, is about the fact that for the first time, um, general inflation is actually higher than healthcare inflation, and the tension in that pulls that uh, higher general inflation is having on overall healthcare inflation could pull what was about a 6% inflation rate for healthcare expenses up closer to nine. And how do they navigate that? And, um, you know, Brooke talked a lot about the investment that employers are making in people. And, and we, we also talk about the tension that exists that between investing in uh, differentiated benefits and yet the, the pressure to be efficient and, uh, and watch costs. And that living, our clients live in that space being pulled in sort of two directions. Um, I also, you know, as Brooke was talking about, more and more employers are asking what uh, employees value. and and actually getting different answers. So it's driving a need to what we call hyper-personalized benefits. So make benefits um, unique to even smaller groups of populations. And that is really hard when uh, our clients are looking back at the year and probably have overspent on the compensation budget when they had, and that compensation budget already was higher than it was anticipated to be the year before. So I think living in that uh, tension spot of trying to be differentiated um, and yet still watch uh, the investment dollars is, is where we're trying to help our clients navigate. Right. Well, I mean, I just think about um, even ourselves. So we've got uh, enrollment coming up and I know it's got to be challenging uh, this year, but uh, I didn't realize it's uh, even going to be even that much uh, more challenging in 24. Um, so thanks for that perspective. And maybe Jennifer, uh, going over to you um, and uh, all, you being all things uh, retirement, maybe uh, provide uh, your perspective on this uh, changing landscape. Well, you know, Charles, the changing landscape is really interesting. And, and as I look at employers and what steps they need to take as they go into 2023 and beyond, it really depends on what kind of retirement program a company has. And for companies that have defined benefit pension plans, 
their funded status of their plan may be better than it was a year ago, which is surprising with what's going on in the capital markets. But with the rise in interest rates, we are seeing a lot of companies that have higher funded ratios on their pension plan, which may present opportunities for them that they may not have had in the past in terms of de-risking their plan. So we are always encouraging employers as they go into a new year to look at what steps they want to take for their plans over the upcoming year and beyond that. Think about their long-term strategies that will work in all economic environments. And we anticipate that 2023 will be a strong year for companies to consider de-risking their balance sheet by selling some or all of their defined benefit pension obligations. Uh, for companies that have defined contribution plans such as 401k, you know the, the outlook's a little bit different. Um, employees are likely seeing losses in their retirement plans, which may delay their plans to retire. If, if someone wanted to retire next year, you know their balances may be 20% less than they were a year ago. So there's creating anxiety uh, by employers who are getting close to retirement. Also, those are looking at their retirement savings and seeing such a big um, savings erode this year. So you know, we also may see employees change their saving habits. So what are employers doing to help their employees understand what they need to do to save not only for now, but in the future? Uh, there's, there's employees that are, you know, need money for everyday life to spend on food, to, you know, rent, um, gas. And so they may be reducing their uh, 401k savings. So employers really need to be thinking about how they help those employees um, and it's also a great opportunity right now to look at how the retirement plans can help diversity inclusion priorities. And a couple of other areas that uh, employers should be looking at, you know, plan fiduciaries should review their governance structure. Uh, think about potentially outsourcing 401k plan oversight uh, that saves costs both internally uh, for the company and for their employees uh, through a pooled employer plan. Um, and then also partner with 401k providers on participant education, as I mentioned. Uh, financial well-being is so important that companies need to be looking at next year. Yeah, so um, actually, it, it's, uh, it's challenging times, a challenging situation. But, uh, I mean, that was uh, great to hear that there are options uh, for our employers, uh, you know, what they can be doing and how they can be attacking that from outsourcing and, uh, so, you know, the ways that we can help them uh, with a, like a PEP plan. So uh, maybe, uh, Brooke, why don't I, I go back to you um, and uh, what would you think would be most helpful for our HR leaders uh, to be thinking about when they are heading into 2023 here? Yeah, Charles, I think the for thinking about 2023, I think we're all assuming that the HR leaders are going to be very focused on cost and optimizing spend, which it, it's not untrue. But, you know, I really think they should spend more of the time thinking about managing the organizational capability. And, and what do I mean by that? There's a lot of focus right now on skills and future skills and making sure companies are ready and have the skills they need to, you know, I'd say meet their roadmaps in terms of innovation. Um, but the, but so I, I think, you know, making sure we know what skills we need, what kinds of gaps we have, um, reskilling existing employees is is one thing that I think a lot of companies are investing in. But the other thing is really making sure we have the fit. And so, you know, when I think when resources are limited and we have, you know, we're not doing a ton of hiring, we'd better be sure we're getting the right people who are connected to the purpose of the organization. So I think, you know, I would say making sure we've got the right people, that we're hiring the right people, that we're retaining the right people, and then really focusing in on the skills we're going to need for the future. And 
you know, if we aren't, don't have the luxury of going out and buying those skills, for lack of a better way to put it, do we have an internal talent pool that we could reskill and repurpose um, and, and shift a little bit that way? So that's what I would say is really focusing on the people, the capabilities and, and the fit too. I think purpose is going to be a huge driver, particularly when, you know, there's a lot of focus right now on ESG, environment, social and governance, uh, and companies are really trying to connect their employees to their purpose. So I also think that's a, you know, an investment area that's not that hard to do for HR leaders. You know, it's, uh, I love that perspective about uh, purpose too, uh, Brooke. Uh, We have three children that have uh, just now graduated from college and uh, they really put a lot of emphasis on purpose. So I know that uh, the employers out there uh, really have to uh, focus on that. Um, So, uh, Kim, maybe if I could uh, just get uh, some perspective uh, from you again in terms of uh, how should uh, clients be focused on at this time and and, uh, how is um, Aon supporting them? Yeah. uh, So, Charles, thank you so much for that question. We're really encouraging our clients to focus on three dimensions relative to their benefits plans. And the first is shoring up the core. So making sure that the foundation is efficient and effective and encouraging clients to be comfortable to with directing their employees to the right decision and being a little bit more active in that conversation, really focusing on ensuring that there's access to care and it's affordable care for everyone. There is a popular growing population within our clients' workforce of what we call functionally uninsured, people who do have insurance but can't afford the elements of the plan design. Uh, and that's very true right now as people are making trade-offs, decisions between rent and um, filling prescription or gas and going to a therapy session. So um, f- focusing on that access issue and then challenging their existing models to increasingly reflect virtual care, so better access. Um, the second sort of dimension, and I think this has come up in, in Brooke's comments as well as Jennifer's, is just to make benefits meaningful. Allow your employees the opportunity to personalize their benefits, um, put connect the benefits that you're offering to the overall culture and the business of the business and the impact that it has to the business. And then finally, um, just given the volatility of the world that we're all operating in, we're encouraging our clients to build a, a really f- agile work infrastructure. And by that, we mean test and learn. Don't just try one solution. Be open to trying, um, trying out various point solutions. Uh, using technology to stay relevant and adaptable, and then using data to measure performance for all the things that you're doing so that you can know quickly whether a solution has been successful or not. So really those three key areas are are the areas we're asking our clients to do more thinking and working together to find solutions. So... Uh, great feedback, uh, Kim. And uh, so, Jennifer, why don't you round us out here? Um, so how can employers help their employees think about saving for retirement, given the many needs of employers during these challenging financial times and also given differing retirement time horizons? Yeah, I think it's critical, Charles, that that employers communicate 
well and often uh, with their employees during these challenging times. Employers can help with financial literacy, providing tools for employees to prepare budgets, help employees understand the consequences of missed 401k matches and the longer term implications of not saving now. You know, as, as we talked about earlier, you know, some employees are just trying to get by uh, and live these days, and that's okay. But I think it's important that employers recognize that and are still communicating and helping employees as they can. Um, and, and as the financial situation improves, communication and education is still key uh, in order to get employees savings the right amount for retirement. Um, and, and, and employees need to have financial cushions for the future economic downturn. So I would just kind of round that out again, saying I think communication is key both now and continue going to the future. Well, it, you know, I, uh, I think that's so true. And employees being um, the most important asset that a company has, uh, there are going to be a lot of questions in uh, transparent communication. Uh, it will be so important. And I know you and your team are so well positioned to uh, help with that. So um, at this point, I think that is going to you know, wrap up this uh, discussion. I, I really appreciate your time today, Brooke and Kim and, and Jennifer. It has uh, been a, a great discussion. Uh, by now, our listeners know we're changing up our closing questions uh, from our last couple of episodes. And we've asked our previous guests the same question. What are you most excited about as we head into the end of 2022? And, and uh, Brooke, why don't I go to you first? Oh, sure, Charles. I'm actually excited about pay transparency, which I know sounds weird, but uh, there are new laws coming for pay transparency, and it's, uh, it's somewhat nerve wracking for our clients to get ready for those. And in California, where I live, you know, it's coming on the 1st of January and uh, New York City just implemented it on November 1st, really disclosing the range of pay for jobs. And even employees can ask what's the range of pay for their job. And so the reason I'm excited is because I've been doing this, uh, been a compensation consultant for about 25 years. And, in, and I've heard for all of those 25 years from employers who really aspire to be more transparent with employees about the way rewards are determined. And yet when we ask companies how transparent, how they feel about their communications, there's no none out there that would give themselves a, a good grade. Nobody gets an A. So I do think that the legislation almost accelerates what companies have been trying to do. And I, I actually think it's a huge opportunity for for companies to improve their employee confidence in the, in the way they pay and move away from black box pay management. So it's not going to be easy, but I am actually excited to see how it plays out. Yeah, I think it, it will maybe be a little bit challenging uh, for some employers to get, get their arms around that and have the proper communication. But I know employees are looking forward to that. Uh, employers are as well. And um, so that's great. It's a wonderful move in the right direction. And so, uh, Kim, I'm going to come over to you now. Um, what are you most excited about as we uh, finish the year here? Thanks, Charles. I'm pretty excited about the opportunity to work with our clients on diversity, equity, the inclusion issues through the lens of affordability. I, as I mentioned earlier, there's a population emerging from the economic conditions of people who are functionally uninsured, which is really an equity issue in, the, in our workforce today. So the ability to affect and impact uh, the work that our clients are doing in this space is really personally important to me and a way in which we can have real meaningful um, impact on our, our clients' workforces. 
Yeah, I know. I, I know uh, cost and uh, affordability. It's it's a tricky one. And uh, we um, are certainly in a, a great position to help uh, our clients uh, think through that one. And so uh, last but not least, uh, Jennifer, when uh, we think about retirement, um, what are you most excited about as you head into the end of the year? Yeah, well, thank you, Charles, for having me today. It's great to be with this panel. You know, this is such an important topic, the times we're in. And as you know, we've got such great colleagues here at Aon and wonderful, innovative solutions for our clients that I'm really looking forward to sharing those more broadly in 23. And this year, as you know, as we've moved to this new organizational structure with the Helix model, we are collaborating more cross solution lines than we ever have before. And so, you know, Brooke and Kim and our teams are talking and we're coming up with solutions to meet unmet, unmet demand in the market. And so I'm really excited about this next year, about how we're going to bring those together and, and, and serve our clients and help our colleagues um, even more than we have this year. Well, I, I appreciate uh, all of your enthusiasm. Uh, There's some exciting things to look forward to. And as we do in our wrap of the on Aon experience here, we um, uh, wrap with a final question for all of our guests, a one word answer. Uh, what word would you use to inspire our HR manager clients as they think about these challenging times we're, we're facing right now? Jennifer, um, how about you? Resilience. And that is one that certainly comes to mind. And uh, Kim, I'm, I'm going to come over uh, to you now. What word? Yeah, curiosity. And Brooke, um, why don't you round us out here? Just one word. You know, it's never been easy for me. I'm not very Uh, concise. Uh, Dialogue. 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 Goes right back to uh, what we talked about earlier, communication, right? This has been the third and final episode in a special edition takeover series of the On Aon podcast around economic challenges. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this week's episode, tune in next week for a new episode around cyber resilience. To learn more about Aon, its colleagues, solutions, and news, check out our show notes and visit our website at aon.com. 